Okay, you ready? No! <laughs> I don't even know where to start anymore! Welcome to Carmali Exchange. I'm Faisal Carmali and I'm here with Carmen Morin. She is the owner of Morin Music Studios. So Carmen, welcome. Thank you. And in 30 seconds or less, okay, tell me who you are, your, your title, and what's your business? So thanks so much for being here. I'm Carmen Morin. I'm owner and executive director of Morin Music Studio. I am a classically trained pianist. Having that unique skill set, I've learned that most people don't know what it means and how you can shape talent. So what we do here at Morin Music Studio is we offer classical music training in a wide variety of instruments, but we actively work with students and we teach them how they can build the skills to communicate through music and learn to communicate through any style of music that they want to learn and explore. So this is a very interesting time. We've gone through almost two years of a pandemic. Yes. Everybody shifting their business. Mm -hmm. Your business flourished during this time. It did. You're able to go online. You're able to get new types of students, not your typical child. You got adults. Lots of adults. Right? What is the biggest thing you've learned in this pandemic when it comes to your business? Oh, many things. So we actually launched our online programming back in 2018. So well before the pandemic, I just predicted that this would be something that would be the future of education and allowing people to learn in a way that suits their needs. So part of that was that we were able to build confidence and really be forward thinking before the pandemic came. So when lockdown eventually happened, we were in a position where we were not only able to really train our teachers, but offer support to the entire music community by sharing what we already knew and systems that already really worked. Beautiful. So that's on kind of a logistical side of things. And that confidence really allowed us to have just very high retention rates. We had very low attrition when the lockdowns happened. The other thing that I see in retrospect is that when we first opened our studio, we presented ourselves and our messaging has always been that we are a place where you can come for high quality music lessons. So we're not really a kind of place where you can just drop the kids off and, and leave. We ask, we ask everyone to collaborate and become involved and be active in the learning process. Because of that, so much of our intake of new families involves asking those questions. Why do you want to learn? How do you want this process to unfold? How can you cultivate values that will apply to other things in your life? So when we came to something like a lockdown, we were working with over a thousand students who were seriously committed and dedicated. They had exams, they had competitions. We didn't really have anyone ask, you know, are we going to stop doing this? They were like, what next? Where are we going? Because we already had cultivated a group and a community that shared these values and knew how important the arts were and had learned that through experience. So Carmen, one thing that's very similar about both of us is that we specialize for a certain group of individuals in a special way that we do it. It's not like we're all things to all people. Mm -hmm. It took a lot of, I call it courage or guts from my business partner to sit down and say, this is who we want to service. This is why we want to service them. This is how we can add value. Everybody else doesn't qualify. Because it's a large market. Yes. How did you decide that this is how you want to specialize in your business? Mm -hmm. I think it is exactly what you just said of how can I best add value? Because especially knowing my background, my skill set, you know, playing at a high level, being able to teach at a high level, having the expertise to know the difference between different levels of playing. That is something that I can serve people with best when I am speaking to them from that 
point. So I like to think of students as, as on a continuum, right? So we don't think that these students are just hobby students and they're not really going to draw anything out of it. And then these are the students over here that we want. We want them over here, right? So we always try to think of them on a continuum of this is where I know it can go. This is where you can draw so much from the experience. And I know you can draw lots from the experience here. So are you coachable to the point that we can get you over here? That's more what we focus on because a lot of people when they come, they don't know if they haven't experienced it, how would they know what it is? If I am always speaking to that higher level, then they're either going to not want to come, right? Or they're going to be here and working towards that higher level. And that's where I add the most value. Did you ever have a, a point in, in your business where you had, where the value system or the values that you had, you, you were looking going, maybe we should ditch it and go in a different direction? Yeah, it was, I mean, when I first opened the commercial space, we had feedback of, you know, can you make it a little easier? Can you make it less serious? Can you make it require less commitment? But we stood true to what we believe our specialty is. I had to decide, am I going to focus on filling the rooms now quickly, but then not having these qualified families? And during the pandemic is when I first fully understood and talked about like, thank goodness we yeah. stuck to that because the lockdown was not a, well, not even a blip. Like, we, we didn't have any change. The student, like, they were just still our students and they were here, they were committed. If this were a building filled with people who were just kind of, you know, yeah. maybe I'll learn, a, I'll learn a song, I'll come, I'll go, you know, those kinds of things, we might have filled up qu- more quickly at the beginning. But eight years later, we would be working with a completely different pool of not only students, but also teachers. So we have a similar style and approach in our businesses. In my business, I have to filter through to see who is the right client or customer for me. Absolutely. And uh, there are times where most don't fit. Absolutely. And so when you get that situation, and you have someone who's saying, I just want to drop them off, let them horse around on the the keyboard here and there, and that can pick them up in an hour, um, pretty much like a daycare system. Absolutely. How do you handle the no, I don't want you as a customer? So if you are going to work with us on this and collaborate to cultivate these skills and values in your child and in your family, we are here to work with you. But it's also important for us to educate what you might experience. So you want to experience joy making music on Mm -hmm. an instrument. Absolutely, you should. But know that part of that is that you'll have to experience, you know, mundane repetition, or you'll have to hit feelings of frustration and challenge. So educating them to know what that experience is and then allowing them to feel empowered about whether or not they make the decision. You started learning the piano at age two? I did. Was that you or parent pressure? I won't say parent pressure, I'll say exactly what we just said, right? So yeah. I come from a musical family. My dad still teaches with us at, at the studio. He's okay. been a mentor and has taught many of the teachers that are on faculty, actually. Fantastic. So it was absolutely it's just something in our home and learning to communicate through music, make music, enjoy music was the same as learning to read and write. But then it also became what we hope it is for all students, a medium to build skills and values that will transfer to all areas of life, Mm. right? So cleaning our room, how are you going to do that to the best of your ability? Taking a big project at school, how can you apply the same 
techniques that you use to break down a 16-page sonata and apply it to an essay in many ways, right? Wow. Work habits, patience, discipline. It became something that we just talked about a great deal and I credit 100% to how I was able to build this business. Both of us have very unique skills when you look at the broader market out there, or, the, or all the people in the world. Yeah. Uh, and in that skill set that you have, you like things done a certain way. At least I do. Absolutely. One of the challenges. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah. One of the challenges that I had starting my business was to have other employees come on board and do it the way that I do it. Mm -hmm. Do it the way that I like it to be done. Mm -hmm. And the challenge was, well, I have to remember and realize that they're not me. Yeah. They're not going to do it as I do. How do you get that vision of what you wanted to provide to the end student, mm -hmm. but it's not done by you, it's done by one of your teachers? How do you actually get that process through? What I've really learned is to be able to hire based on principles and culture. Mm. So hire based on principles of do you, first of all, have you gone through this process of high quality training? Are you going to be able to coach you know, families? Um, do you have a high quality of skill yourself? And then getting out of the way and allowing myself to collaborate and draw from this pool and community of teachers. So we all agree on certain set principles of what it takes for a student to be successful and engaged in a lesson. But out of 40 of us, we might engage that student in with that principle in 40 different ways. Yeah. So we do things like in our community um, platform that we have for all of our teachers, we share conversations, we encourage the teachers to ask questions and look at it as more of a collaborative community as opposed to I have the right way because especially with music and the art and knowing that every student who walks through the door is unique with a unique family and unique background, it's important for us to again continue to adapt. We're not trying to reproduce anything, we're trying to adapt our skills to each individual student and family. Have you ever had to fire a teacher? Yes, but it's only been in a very early stage. I feel like the same way that we've really honed our questions that we ask for parents when they come, yeah. we hire with pretty specific things in mind as well. I mean, you have to realize for teachers as well, imagine you've spent decades of your life mm -hmm. building this skill, working within a school where that's going to be supported, where we're not going to say you need to work with everybody who comes in the door. We're saying, no, we're, we're going to help you to build a class. We're going to encourage that you're working with families that are committed to the learning process. That's what we all want. We want to be part of something like that. One of the challenging parts that I had early in my business was trying to show or explain how we differentiate from our competition. Mm -hmm. Over the years, it's gotten a lot better. One of the things that I look at is the value that we provide our clients or our end user or customer. But when you're talking to a stranger mm -hmm. and they ask you the question, how do you differentiate from your competition? Mm -hmm. Most business owners will go right at the, I'm going against whatever that competition is. They're, they're almost bashing them to some degree. Yeah. I don't like that approach. Me I think either. that that really shows your true light that mm -hmm. you're you're saying that you're better than them because they're bad. Yeah. How do you separate from your competition? Something that I've again been so thankful for is that we are we are very good at what we do. We genuinely are. Starting the business and just how quickly everything grew at the beginning, there were systems that were not in place. We were still booking, you know, 500 students in a binder with paper. There were all sorts of things that, you know, we didn't have an intake system. We didn't have all these things that we were able to build up over the years. But what we did have was that we stayed true to just that high quality collaboration. So I agree with you. We never 
bash anything within the arts by any means because it's a, a whole other topic is that the more that there's this kind of a highly trained kind of sophisticated aspect of classical music mm -hmm. what's really happened over the past 50 to 100 years is that it becomes here are the musicians who know what good music is and how to perform and you can sit there and listen and here's everyone else who doesn't have music and you hear these people saying I'm not musical oh I don't know anything about that right yeah. and then it actually becomes this divide where music becomes something for the the musicians where we are all musical right yeah. and the more that we try to advocate for that I think that kind of eliminates any need for trying to say, you know, there's some hierarchy in, in the value, but if you are coming to us, this is what we specialize in. One of the things that separates business owners from their competitions when they're recognized by outside uh, groups, associations, or individuals. Mm -hmm. Of course, there's testimonials from your customers, one of the best, referrals being even better. Yes. But when there's an outside institution like, I don't know, the top 40 under 40. Yes. <laughs> and congratulations Thank on you, you winning much. that award. Thank you. Tell me, how does it feel being a top 40 under 40 winner? The top 40 under 40 was fantastic. Um, I won the Mount Royal University Horizon Award right. about five years ago. Um, last year, I was the first piano teacher to be included in the Steinway and Sons Teacher Hall of Fame in New York. Mm -hmm. So I try to open myself up to these things because I feel that by doing that, it encourages that, hey, if this is your passion and if this is what you want to do. I remember when I was doing that and many people said, that's great, but go get an office job and do that on the side, yeah. right? I want to be an example of, or, you know, get creative and find a way that you can build a successful, thriving business doing something not only that you love, but that you know will impact so many others. It sounds like your passion has gone beyond just the student. Mm -hmm. It's gone to open up more like a, a megaphone saying, hey, look, yes. things are not what you may have thought they could be. Absolutely. Which is interesting because in the awards that I've won, I actually kind of just shy off. I just don't say much about well, it. Well, that's, that's most comfortable. That's what I would I mean, rather do too. Yeah, I don't, <laughs> you know? I don't talk about yeah. it. I'm like, yeah, we won this or, award. Yeah, yeah, okay. And you know, it's been a conscious decision. That's been another conscious decision or even things like, you know, referencing the, the revenue of our business, right? Like yeah. I, I, that's something that I think if I were in another industry, it's like, let's not talk about that and, you know, yeah. like different kind of things. But I've, I've made a conscious decision. You know, it's, it's important to, to mention those things because when people look for, you know, in our society, you look for value, you know, of course we're talking about all the other things, but then you look for like, what's that tangible value? Okay, yeah. but like, are you, you know, are you putting your kids through school? Are you, you know, like, you're, or have you sacrificed everything to pursue your passion? Yeah. And so I made a conscious decision of, you know, I'm not gonna shy away from talking about that because for the amount of people that when we had so many students here and things were just going so well, still going like, do you have to have a day job to, you know, make music yeah. at night and like all these yeah, different yeah. things? And it's like, no, this is not only a full-time career for me, but we've got 40 teachers who are thriving and are filled with to the brim with opportunity as well, right? Yeah. Like, so let's all, let's all get on board with that. I've learned so much from you on this piece about the top 40 under 40 award and the other awards that you've received mm -hmm. and how you use it as a podium to, to, to basically promote not just the industry, mm -hmm. but hey, you can do this too. Absolutely. I can learn from you on that one. I can start doing that because there's a lot of people that look like me, talk like me, grew up like me, mm -hmm. that think I can't do that. Absolutely. And so Absolutely. it's an opportunity for us to use this as a podium to in, be more inclusive yes. versus to uh, separate ourselves from our competition. Absolutely. So that's pretty neat. I yeah. like that. Let's talk some numbers here. How, how does, how's revenue looking? 
So, I mean, with the brick and mortar business, we've been past seven figures for quite a while now. Yeah. And then with our online that we launched, that surpassed seven figures as well, just in the past year. Help people understand what services like yours offer top line revenue to actual bottom line profit margin. Yes. What percentage? You don't have to give me dollars. Give me a percentage. Yeah, so for the online business and the brick and mortar are going to be quite different. So for the online business, it's actually depending on the spend of marketing. There were some months where we're between 50 to 70 percent. Yeah, like that was quite, that has been kind of a whole new world for me, right? But with the service industry, we're looking probably about 20%. I love that you know the numbers right off cold. Do you know how many business owners don't even know that? Wow. That's awesome. So 20% face-to-face, in class, up to 70% online. You can just see how by spreading your wings and looking at the same value, the same intent, how different those profit margins can be. They can actually, as a business owner, it makes sense. Why not do all these different things? In the business itself, give me an example of a mistake that you remember go, that still, that still sticks in my head. You may have fixed it or not, it doesn't matter. Mm. The point is that you've, it still resonates with you. Mm-hmm. Don't wait too long to pass the torch, like what we were saying, you know, build out those systems to make it scalable. There, there are so many things that we've done just in the past few years of streamlining the way that we bring on teachers and students and families where my default before was just to do it all myself, (laughs) right? And for a number of reasons, that's just not sustainable and it's not in the best interest of anybody, right? Does does your customer say to you, well, hang on, you used to do this, you used to do all these things. You're not doing these things anymore. Somebody else in your, your company, you must be too busy for us. So they don't say that, but of course that's our fear, right? That's my worry. It's like, well, I want them to know I'm still here. I want them to know, but I've realized that because I've been able to have this bird's eye view, I've done every aspect of this business. Mm -hmm. I've taught the preschool classes. I've worked on the phones and the intake. I've helped do all the cleaning. Like I've done everything that is involved in this business. You've worn every single hat you have. Every single hat. And having that bird's eye view, being able to see the span of, you know, eight years and see the patterns that I've been able to identify and how I can serve people best, I am of most value when I can support the teachers to then provide that to the students. And I can support our administration to educate them and really download anything, everything yeah. that I've learned to them as much as possible. Encouraging teachers, for example, we'll have teachers who say, you know, it would be kind of cool to do this type of ensemble. And I say, okay, let's do it. What's your idea? Like, tell me what would it nice. look like? How would it look? And then next thing you know, we've got the string ensemble that's performing with 25 kids, right? Okay. I think musicians and artists especially, we are told you're not really good at the business side of things. Oh, you're creative. You're probably not going to be able to handle the numbers. Oh, you're it's a artistic. different part of your brain. How yeah. could you use that? And it's like, right? no, like the people that I work with and the musicians that I meet, like these are some of the most brilliant minds that they can look at things and they can dissect them and break them apart and repackage them and communicate them and do it on stage looking amazing. Like they can. I think that's a, a stigma that happens on both sides. You'll mm-hmm. hear that the people that are musicians are not very good at business. People who are good at business are not artistic good at, or creative. Absolutely. And I'm like, um, some of the most plain vanilla type of individual mm-hmm. can have the most creative ideas out there. Absolutely. That will revolutionize how we do things. Absolutely. A cell phone, for example, yeah. it wasn't like it was the most artistic individual that created that, but look at the functionality and how it's evolved over Absolutely. time. On the flip side, if you look at some of the most creative people have had some of the most largest, well-run highly sophisticated businesses out there. Absolutely. So I, don't, I think the stigma has to be cleared up. I think more and more 
um, individuals have to tap into what their strengths are mm -hmm. and how they can use that strength in other areas. That's the fun part for me. Really, once you get to that new level, I, you're always kind of, what's next? Yeah. What, what could I try? And I never want to get to a point where I'm not testing things out. And really, when we talk about practice, like people will talk about practice as just a lot of repetition. It's really not. Practicing is about testing things and challenging things. You put your skills under different pressure points and you test them and you see what they can withstand and you can see how you can strengthen them. Mm. And I just believe in taking that approach in life, right? So it's like, here, we've got this business, let's expand to another side. We've got this business, let's expand globally. We've got that streamlined, let's start guiding other teachers. Let's do, you know, all these things that are on the plan for what's next. So when you're, you're, you're practicing, uh, it's actually testing, like you said, but it's also building another skill set, which is trusting yourself. Absolutely. Do you think that with this whole change that's gone on, how you've leapfrogged in your, in your business, you've had to learn how to trust yourself on the, on the processes? That's a great question. And it's great to talk to other entrepreneurs about this because it's like, when you're leading, and I think this past year, especially when I launched the online programs, in a way, because our business has always been service-based business, this was the first time that I really prepared and produced something scalable, right? And this was just like, whoa, it got so big so fast. And I could feel myself just kind of recoiling, right? Like maybe this is, maybe this is a little too much. Maybe this yeah. is, let's just back up, let's slow down. Maybe, oh, this can't be for me, right? Yeah. Now I should take a business partner. Like all these different things where it's like, if I were gonna have a business partner, I should have done it five years ago. Like yeah. I've already done all this, right? And it's interesting how we all still have those, those inner things that we have to push through. Sometimes I have to look through the rear view mirror to see where I've gone. Yes. And say, okay, you know, I've done this. Yes. Let's do it again, or let's do it better, or let's do more, or whatever it may be. So it's that rear view mirror. Absolutely. I've always been training myself to not look in the back side. That's on the negative side, but sometimes yeah. looking back sometimes. to see the positive Absolutely. really helps. Absolutely. Draw from those experiences that you were able to trust yourself and you made the right decisions or whatever the best decision was at the time yeah. and just keep testing. And if it doesn't go one way, it'll take you to something else. I don't tell my team this before they reach out to people like yourself for this kind of an interview, but I, I, I usually Google search the individual yeah. and I, I Google search the business. And I also go down on page 13, 14, 15 okay. of Google. <laughs> I don't think I've done because that. Because <laughs> that there's many of the stuff that gets buried in the back. Okay. And there was a not so positive review about this business. Okay. And so I looked at the individual who placed that review. Don't worry, this is a good story. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. Um, when I looked up the individual, it was a competitor. Really? Yeah. So that got I my didn't attention. Even know about that, yeah. That got my attention. Like, if a competitor is trying to put you down on Google, I definitely want to talk to you. Yeah. You see where I'm going with Absolutely. this? Absolutely. So that's happening on page 13, 14 of Google, which I most, people know about it. Yeah, yeah. most people won't even see it. So yeah. I'm not worried about it. Um, when it comes to the negative viewpoints of you from your competitors, mm -hmm. how do you handle that? That one you didn't know about. Yeah. But I'm sure you hear stuff on the street about your business. How do you handle that? I have always, for example, when we moved in here, there was talk of another facility speaking very negatively about us, mm -hmm. right? And first of all, I I know what we're good at. I know what we can do, right? I know that we are quality. So that's, that's something that you can lean on. And then to always take the high road and just keep on, keep on going, yeah. right? Keep on going. I remember when I was a finalist for the Chamber of Commerce, Commerce Awards, actually. Mm -hmm. The president of the Commerce at the time received an email and it was, I 
had marketed too aggressively, that I was, you know, I've heard that from other people in the industry. I'm marketing too aggressively. I'm doing too much. Oh I'm, my God, yeah, you're and marketing like, your business. Well, and, that's, and it's like, yes, I am. <laughs> How I, dare I, you do I that? I am, <laughs> yeah. And it's like the audacity to build something with longevity and that's yeah. healthy. It's like, well, that's supposed to be a challenge and a struggle. Artists are supposed to struggle. Are you selling out? Or like whatever that mentality is. And I, I don't focus on it. I just have to keep focusing on the good and where we're going, going forward. I don't spend the energy or time. It's hard for me. It's when I when I get yeah. negative comments, social media, on search engines, uh, th- on the street of anything that my business partner, myself, or our staff do, it bothers me. Like mm-hmm. I'm like, why do we have that message out there? And then I, I, I have to remember exactly what you said is, we know what we're good at. Yeah. And we're not gonna be all things to all people. No. We're gonna be all things to some people. Yeah. And we're gonna be a damn good business yeah. based on that. Just- I go through this, I call it an emotional cycle where I go, oh shit, yeah. to okay, here we are, I'm, I'm good now. Does that happen to you? You only have haters if you're doing well, yeah. right? Like you only, people are only talking about you if they know what you're doing. So if you know that you're genuinely, which we do, we're, we're doing our best work, we're moving through with integrity. We are not just going to stop and relax because it will make people more comfortable or make me more likable. You know, like yeah. I've kind of let go of that. I'm, I'm here to- It's not a popularity create contest. Something. Yeah, like I'm here to create something. And I really, if you are creating anything, you're, you've got to be rubbing someone in the wrong way because you're either challenging something that they thought that they couldn't do and watching, coming face to face with the fact that you're doing it yeah. is triggering yeah. or they're living in a place of scarcity and they don't think that if you yeah. do well, then they can't do well. You know, like all these different things where frankly, we've all had to work through that. Absolutely. So we've done the work and by me getting into some kind of back and forth of negativity, will not have the outcome what all people would benefit from is you know you can do this too right like you can succeed in this too yeah world of abundance every time that i do anything that promotes our school and the value of arts and music that is also serving the rest of the arts community when you see people that are saying wow she pursued music and is doing well isn't that going to make more people at least open to the idea that if they genuinely love music and the arts, maybe they could pursue it too. And won't that support their teachers and support yeah. other programs, right? Like, and support people going to the concert. If I'm communicating to everyone that, hey, music is for everyone. You know, let's not just make it about classical musicians going to the Philharmonic. And let's let's get everyone back to that Beautiful. kind of connection, right? Beautiful. Carmen, you've, you've accomplished so much. And I call it leapfrogging because the way that your business has, has moved you can probably teach business owners so much, but I want to narrow it down to three. Okay. So give our business owners your top three tips for today. Top three tips, just in all things? In all things. Um, become clear on what you specialize in, like your niche or your niche, however mm-hmm. you decide to say it. I, I can't express that enough, not just in our brick and mortar business here, but in our online. Specialize and don't be afraid that you have to please everyone. The sooner that you can trust yourself to trust your team, the better <laughs> because you are nothing without an incredible team yeah. and you do not know everything and we're moving through and with people where you are open to learning from them and not just telling them what to do yeah. right that's very important oh it's going to be super cliche if i just say i mean trust yourself follow your gut yeah there are so many decisions that have to be made when it comes to running a business whether it's who to hire where to put your location how to pursue things and really at the end of the day that decision is what makes 
it your business and it makes you you. So it's wonderful to have people around you that are supportive and that you can bounce ideas off of and aren't going to crush when you have new ideas. That is extremely important, actually. That might be my third one. But then also at the end of the day, focusing on building that trust for yourself because that will be a skill that you will continue to grow on and develop. This has been fantastic. So much to learn from you. Carmen, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for inviting me. I'm so glad that you could come. So I'm just going to play this. Okay. And you can just make up anything you want. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button for more from the Kermali Exchange and leave a comment to join the conversation. See you next time. Very good.